Welcome to Japan According to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host, Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode 40 of Japan According to Akio. Um, yeah, it's uh, I was finally able to finish the culture and economic. I'm not gonna call it economic form because this episode was more about pop culture trends and things like youth culture, um, through several different decades of Japan. Um, I re- I've only focused on the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. I wasn't able to get as deep as I thought I was going to be able to get, but during the over the course of the conversation, several articles and movies、uh, popped up. Which I think if you do a quick a Google search, you know, they'll,、uh, there's some really interesting breadcrumbs, pieces of information to give you a better picture of what life is like in Japan. Again, it's just stuff that I've stumbled across that had an influence on me over, well, if you go back, like, to the earliest thing was over the past, like, 20 plus years, which kind of culminated in me living here. And,、um, you know, the majority are just like articles and movies I've watched over the past 10 plus years. But there's one other thing at the end that、uh, I think is also really a gem, which I'm going to watch after I get off of here. So I would recommend if you watch the podcast, or、uh, yeah, not watch, listen to the podcast. If you have a pen or, or something near you, you know, you have the time. Just prepare one of those and be able to write down a few things, or you know, stop it and search on your own, or just listen to it twice and keep track of like the time that I, I said what I said. So, yeah, there's a few things if you, again, what I said I think wasn't so groundbreaking, but I did leave a few movies and articles and, and, and videos which. Um, if you watch those, can give you a, a better picture of what life is like here. So, check that out and do me a favor, enjoy this joint. Alright, y'all. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode number 40. Yeah, episode number 40 of Japan According to Akio. Ta-da! I'm gonna try and keep my voice a little bit lower, keep it a little bit more chill tonight because it, I'm coming to you at a different time. Than normal. It is half past midnight on a Saturday.、Um, tomorrow I have some,、uh, I got a house party to go to, family related event type thing.、Uh, also connected with my business stuff too.、Um, you know, my family's hanging out with one of my mentors. So I was up tonight making a sweet potato pie for that. Party, which is、um, cooling right behind me on the kitchen thing. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, yo, tomorrow, you know, I'm not going to make the mistake of of thinking, oh, I'll just drink a little bit tomorrow so I can record the podcast, you know, whenever. But、um, so I'm just going to go ahead and just record the joint tonight,、um, keep it a little bit more low key. And I'm not going to say anything about the episode length. I really don't know. And,、um, and you know, just give it to you this week.、Uh, whatever I can do, we'll, we'll do it. And, you know, leave it at that. And I'll probably upload it tomorrow or whatever, or, or whenever I have time. But, you know, you'll get it when you're listening to it now. So you're getting it, right? All right. So, like I said last time, you know, I was looking into、um, Information more about everyday life in Japan at the end of the last episode. I did a quick Google search and I found some stuff.、Uh, 
the search that I came up with kind of gave me some of what I wanted to talk about. Not as much information as I thought I could get, but it's cool. I got another article, surprise article for you, which I'm going to start with before we get into anything. Not necessarily hardcore economics. I think we kind of covered that in that previous episode, in episode number 38. It was, so I'm not going to go too much into that. I just want to more talk about like lifestyle, everyday life shit, stuff like that. Um, but before that, there was something really interesting that happened in Japan or happened over here uh, in the past like week, I guess. So I got to kind of break that down to you. And normally I don't really talk about scandals and, and shit like that going on here. But this one really caught my attention because it's about football or American football, at least, you know, because I don't know where you're, what country you're listening in from. I'm going to just say American football so I don't piss any non-Americans off. And um, so basically, American football isn't popular at all in Japan. It's just not. Like, most Japanese people I talk to don't know the fucking rules. They don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't just don't know anything about it. So, but, I, like, last week or several days ago, I turn on the TV and then they just keep playing, like, the scene from, like, an American football game. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, uh, after a few minutes looking at the headlines and listening to what was going on, basically, this whole situation kind of broke. What happened was, um, in a football game, a few, I don't know when it was, but recently, I'll just say that, the first, I guess the first play of the game, um, a player from Nihon University, or Nichidai, as they're called here, um... Basically, if you're not familiar with American football, sorry. Uh, I'll okay. Before I do it, I'm getting off. Before I get all fucked up and sidetracked, I'm looking at the um, the article I'm looking at is from the New York Times, which picked it up. The story it's called "The Football Hit Felt All Over Japan," and um, in this article, you can actually see video of the hit that I've seen literally like seventy-five times in the past. A uh, few days, like on Japanese TV, they just keep replaying that shit over and over and over again. If you're familiar with American football, I kind of explained it to my students. It's the most ridiculous play I've ever seen. Like, and what ended up happening was now I can talk with that context. I can give you, let you know what was going on. What happened? Basically, the first, I believe, the first play of the game, a player was kind of told to crush, quote unquote, crush the opposing quarterback uh which is kind of like the most important player on the team um crush the opposing quarterback on the first play so um in kind of indirect you know unspoken word japanese speech that means take him out of the game and he did the most ridiculous play where ran like halfway across the field after the play was over basically hit him with a dirty tackle um and he was taken out of the game um the quarterback was taken out of the game now because the coaches kind of told him to do it and you know um the you know and he the coaches denied it what ended up happening later the coaches denied it and he was like they told me to do it and all this shit came out it's been all over tv it's been like in the highest fucking like the ministry of sports and education government people are talking about it news is talking about nobody even knows how to fucking play american football over here but they just talking about it my students are like yeah did you see that shit and then they're like i don't know the rules of american football i don't know what the fuck is going on but that's fucked up you know i'm just like whoa really like 
honestly, I've never heard American football mentioned remotely as much as it has been in the past uh, week, week and a half. But I kind of tell people, I'll just, you know, you can read the article yourself. Um, it really focuses on the the heart of the issue is quote unquote power harassment, uh, which I, we've covered before. And this is kind of power harassment by the coach, if you will, um, where, you know, if you translate what he said into English, it doesn't really make you think, you know, fucking take him out at the ankles and, <laughs> and you know, try and like end his career. But, um, but you know, um, that's kind of was the implied context of what, what was said, meaning like if you don't do something, you know, you're not going to play. And then from that, a lot the player kind of took it as like, okay, you want me to do something dirty. But I mean, even though he did that play, like, you know, which we you would normally get ejected for in, in a regular American football game, he wasn't ejected at all. He actually, if you read it, he continued to play and was kicked out later, I guess, for doing some more fucked up shit. I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> there wasn't a video of that. But um, the big scandal is because, like, um, the coaches, you know, pushed him to do it. They sanctioned it. They cheered when he when he did it, which is like, if you're not from, I, I was telling a student today, like, if, if you do watch that video and you're not familiar with American football, like, that play, what he did is... Like, uh, if, okay, soccer is a, a universal sport. It literally is the equivalent of, like, that dude, you know, like, the the opposing goalie running, like, all the way across the field and, like, punching the other, like, uh, goalie or goalkeeper or whatever in the face and, like, taking them out. Or, like, you know, in baseball, like, you know, you got a baseball bat running into, set, into center field and, like, whacking somebody at the knees. You know, it's not even the pitcher. It's, like, like you got to go center field because it's just, like, the most ridiculous play that just you can't even play off as, like, not trying to, like, hurt someone. And you definitely get kicked out of the game if it's in America. It's just, like, ridiculous, especially at the university level. Like, it's fucking crazy. But um, beyond, like, the play... You know, it. I was just in awe of how Japanese the whole situation is. Like, basically, what happened? The player, you know, he had a. He was at the national press corps. He was given his his take on what happened and what the coaches told him to do. And he shaved his head and like, you know, he's like bowing and apologizing and I think damn near crying. And he's like, I'll never play American football again. Fuck it, it's over. You know, and they ruined my dreams. And you know, the coaches got another press conference and like, shit. It's like a huge fucking story. And I'm just like, yo, this is so Japanese because maybe in America, if this type of situation happen you might talk about it on sports center you might talk about it like maybe get mentioned one or so twice like one day but otherwise you just get kicked off the fucking field and that's about it you know uh, or it might get mentioned a little bit on sports shows but there's no way it's getting like national exposure at all the opposing quarterback i think he got he got hurt and he's out for like a little while but come on now i would imagine even if he could play they're not gonna play him because they just want to milk the situation you know, um, for what it's worth. I mean, not milk it like in a cynical way, but like if I was the fucking coach and he was like, hey, I'm the quarterback, I'm ready to go. I'm like, you ain't playing like with, with, with this scandal going on. Like your ass is sitting down, tell him you hurt, you know, get some crutches and, you know, chill the fuck out for a few weeks. Like that's what's happening. But it really is like a very Japanese type situation. And if you, you know, it might, 
if you read the article and really see the play and, and really see what's going on, it might be a few things that are a little bit mysterious for you. And if you do have any questions about it, please message me at questions for at gmail dot com. Forgot. I, I forgot about that last episode or hit me up on Instagram at um, AKIL.WATSON. Um, yeah, but I, you know, yeah, hit me up if, if there are any parts of about this story that you want me to explain in a little bit more detail. Because even for me, reading it and being here all the time, I, it, I had to really like use my imaginative powers a little bit and be like, why the, f- why the fuck? Wait, what? And I had to be like, oh, wait, yeah, that is a very Japanese thing. Like, okay, yeah. And especially talking with a few students, talking with my mother-in-law, like talking with some other people. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, now it make, the whole situation kind of makes sense. But in the beginning, I was just like, why the fuck is this such a big story? Because, like, literally, it's it's just kind of ridiculous. And, you know... Um, the big the big issue from what I've heard from people is the fact that, you know, one, the coaches kind of pressured him into doing it. Two, after he did it, like, you know, the coach, everyone was kind of like cheering for him to do it. And three, um, the coaches kind of lied about it, you know, and kind of really put this young man in a, like a really awkward ass position, you know. So um, his football, his dream has died and, and, and all this shit, but. You know, basically everyone's like, yeah, the coach's careers are over. They can never come back from that. They're probably screwed for the rest of their lives. I'm like, hey, you know, that's how Japan kind of works. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of fucking weird. Like, (laughs) honestly, reading it and just watching it on news all the time, like, because I'm just like, y'all motherfuckers do not care about American football and don't know the rules and don't know what the fuck is going on. But. You know, just watching like the the hornet's nest kind of get get disturbed is really interesting. Sometimes in Japan, like when shit unfair again, quote unquote unfair shit or you know unjust shit really hits the fan here, everyone fucking is gonna chime in. And everyone's really gonna gang up on it. So you know that's that's how these scandals kind of work out. And this is one, especially against the university, um, fucking crazy. Yeah, so that that's about it for that. Police, Tokyo police respond. Uh, okay, okay, whatever. It, it was something else. All right, so that's uh, that. Now let's move on to what I was gonna do before because I'm just gonna run, try and run through this very quickly. It's not as meaty, quote unquote, as I thought. I know I built up a whole bunch of hype for this shit and <laughs> it's gonna be kind of anticlimactic anticlimactic um, from what I'm looking at so basically what I did before um, just to try and give some more um, again you know fodder I guess food for thought um, to add to the conversation um, last time I really talked about the economics part of it and I wanted to talk a little bit more about everyday life stuff so what I did was I just googled um, images from 1970s Japan in Japanese, of course. I googled it in Japanese, and anything that any pictures scroll through, any pictures and any images that kind of poke out, just stop it, talk about it, things like that. But I was looking through it before, and it's not as much shit as I thought it would be, or as I wanted to it to be. Um, before I was looking for like a list or article, even if it was in Japanese about like trends and stuff like that, and I just couldn't find it. Um, you know, so uh, let me try one more thing and see if I can get something better 
Okay, and then it's just fashion shit. So, but anyway, um, if we, okay, from, from, let me just start and then see what I can come up with. So, in the 70s in Japan, I, from what I've heard and from what I've seen anecdotally, the 70s was really like, uh, I'm just going to go 70s, 80s, 90s. The 70s was uh, a bit of still... Um, you know, leftover from the, the continuing of the economic expansion of Japan, right? You know, after the 1964 Olympics, Japan was on a fucking roll. They also had the World Expo after that. I forgot what year it was in Osaka, but they had that. So those two big events, you know, Japan's on the map. Japan's a shit. The economy's expanding. You know, the traditional pictures I see, one of, uh, is this China or Japan? No, the Tokyo train, the, the guys fucking every door pushing people onto the train you know to get for for their morning commute um and as i i've heard about like the guys pushing people in onto the trains and i'm I'm sure you have too personally i've never seen it like the only thing um i've seen is like in during the morning commute morning rush hour they do have like you know station attendants at the doors and just kind of like policing everything like so you know the morning train i'm sure tokyo is notoriously overcrowded and like sometimes people get a little bit too overly ambitious i think i talked about it in the past episode but like um if the doors don't close or something like that something won't jam you know something a bag is jammed closed jacket you know the train can't take off so they'll run over to the door like open it up a little bit jam someone in there something like that if it's a bag or some shit like that but the this picture i'm watching from like the 70s there's like an attendant at every door pushing motherfuckers on there you know um with all their might which i've never seen like it's literally a motherfucker on every door which is kind of crazy uh, I wouldn't even want to know what the inside of that bitch was like because summertime in Tokyo is nothing nice and that fucking hot ass humid ass train motherfuckers are probably passing out all over the place like you know it's kind of probably crazy also I, I I would I would imagine this is pure speculation on my part around this time 70s in Japan like you know Chikan or or I think I talked about it as well like you know train molester type problem was probably something that women had to go through just because just like the women were a lot more a lot a lot less outspoken during that time just looking at this train is just ridiculous um so i, I could totally see like that was that problem was was pre- more prevalent back then and i've had students tell me like yeah when they were younger like you know one or two students have kind of told me that it's kind of happened to them and they really didn't say anything because it was a bit more embarrassing or you know to speak up during that time uh what the fuck is this picture 60s something uh i can't read it but um i'm just scrolling down car culture in japan was really big in the 70s as well um disco surprisingly the weird thing i found out which is kind of weird like for me disco from my understanding didn't take off in japan in the 70s it took off in japan in the 80s like after disco was dead in the west that's when the shit really started popping off like in japan apparently um yeah it's fucking crazy was the was that okuman something something Jik- oku- okumayen jiken was that in 
the seventies, I wonder. There was always this. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, again, like there's really not as much here as I thought. I'm not gonna go into like fashion or things like that. Just I think the train, like, and I see another picture of like a woman getting past to get off the train by jumping out the window, basically. You know, which is like if she's getting pulled out of the window of the train. Um, you know, which is fucking crazy. Um, I've seen like pictures of babies getting passed out of the train, you know, as well, uh, uh, train windows and all that shit. So pretty much 70s was like a wild time. You know, the momentum was really building in the Japanese economy. Everything's moving forward. People are doing shit like discovering themselves. The Western culture is coming in, you know, fashion. Things are really open up. Money is flowing into Japan, um, you know, especially the car industry, electronics industry. Japan's really in the forefront of that shit, moving into like that kind of elite status, which, um, yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's about it for that. Let's. <coughs> sorry. Mm. Moving on to the 80s. Um, and again, the 80s for me, and for a lot of people I talk to, seems to be like the most interesting era of like life in Japan um, in the past. It's, it, the bubble era in Japan, like, again, do some research on it yourself. That'll probably do a lot more justice than I'm going to do tonight, just because of the time, you know, um, the amount of like source material I, I got. It's been a long day for me. So, again, questions will really help me. Um, sort through stuff a bit So I'm calling on you Don't put this pressure on me Don't put all this pressure on me I'm putting pressure on you If you got some more shit You want me to talk about Or um, answer questions about Hit me up uh, And I can definitely expand on this From stuff Again 1980s Japan Would I Let me Let me Let me go back. Let me see if I type this in In uh, English And see what What you can see Because again Everyone might not be able to type this in In Japanese 1980s Japan In English mm. Okay uh, Just a different variety of pictures So Yeah um, A few A few of this shit I have talked to my students about But um, That's when Yeah the 80s there's I'm gonna in the future I'm gonna do something on commercials because commercials here are fucking bananas sometimes and there I think the 80s was the time where real like Hollywood celebrities really started coming over here uh, I saw something documentary about commercials uh, and they were saying like um what's this what's that Woody Allen in the it was the 80s was the time like they were really trying to get Woody Allen to come over here for a fucking some commercial camera or jeans or something some type of commercial and it was like a big deal to get him over here because he was like fuck that i'm not coming to japan but eventually they talked him into doing it and it was like this huge ass commercial like oh we got woody allen so like the 80s was really the time when like Jap japan's economic power came to the forefront they started attracting the attention of western artists actors and things like that that's i'm just looking at it you see like sylvester stallone in like a kirin ad which looks fucking weird, you know. Um, it's always weird for me to see like foreign actors, Western actors, like just pop up on TV in a goddamn um, random ass car commercial, or you know, um, selling some like drink or something like that. Again, there's a bunch of them. I'm uh, oh, Mel Gibson did it too. Shit, really? I've never seen this picture. Mel Gibson with his slick back hair, drinking an Asahi, which is what does it say? Koku 
があるのに<笑>キレがある<笑> Oh man Yeah、um, It just looks weird Like Yeah I can't There's nothing more I can say about that The fashion was kind of crazy as well I think、um, You know it, it was just a lot going on In the 80s It seems like it was a really manic time here You know I mean if you really think about it Japan is just kicking ass on all fronts Right You got electronics You got the Walkman coming out You got like TVs and shit You got You know the stock market going bananas You know You, you got like just Companies throwing money around Cash all over the place That's what I was gonna say man I saw this like Movie about like The bubble era I can't remember the name of it Ah I do remember the name of it now、uh, Let me see if I can find it Uh Uh, one second, one second.、Uh, movie.、Um, Japanese movie. Let me see.、Um, no. No. I can't find it. But it was this movie in Japanese called Bubble Dego, like, which means, like,、um, let's go by bubble, like, via, meaning by, meaning via.、Um, and it was just about this girl who got transported back into.、Um, yeah, 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 I got it. Okay.、Um, I, did, I, I, did, I found it. It's called、uh, Bubble Ego. Sorry.、Uh, not not Day. I'm. Made a typo and I found it by accident. It was a 2007 movie.、Um, it's called Bubble Fiction Boom or Bust, is the name of it.、Um, yeah, and it's a comedy. One more time. The, the, the English title is Bubble Fiction Boom or Bust. And yeah, this was for me a, re- a pretty interesting、uh, movie because it kind of did show like a bit more, of course, a fictionalized version. But a bit more about what life was like in the bubble era in Japan on an everyday basis, because they do spend a, quite a bit of time in the 80s.、Um, it, it's kind of a it's a comedy, it's kind of like a really campy movie, but、um, I would recommend it. Like, I enjoyed it watching it. I, I think on just a random weekend, I, I don't know if I recorded it, I just sat down and watched it. And、um, what, the, the main actor, the, the dude, I like him.、Um, so. Um, you, he, he, basically, it's just like a tutorial for what life was like in, during the bubble era in Japan. And she's just like, oh shit, really? You guys did like this? Oh fuck, really? You guys did like that?、Um, through, and he's like, yeah, don't you know? Like, you know, we, we have pagers, so you, you know, we have to decide the place we're going to meet. You can't just call each other on the cell phone. What the fuck is wrong with you? Kind of shit. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, but. But it gave a few other anecdotal things in the movie, and it gave me a bit a bigger、um, picture of what life was like during that time. So,、um, after watching that movie, I had a clearer image of what life was like during that time, just based on the other shit that I, I knew.、Uh, let me get back to the images. Okay, another thing that I'm not sure if it was in the 70s, but the 80s, I guess it was a big boom, was、um, Bosozoku, which are、um, motorcycle gangs. So,、um, let me type in 80s 
Japan Motors Motorcycle Gang. If of course if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with the movie Akira, um, shit like that. Yeah, if you type in '80s Japan Motorcycle Gang, you'll see what the fuck was going on and yeah the pictures of them motorcycle gangs were like a big thing in the 80s it was um it was just wild you know um they were fighting all over the goddamn place punching each other like just getting fucking butt wild um yeah uh i've heard you know i've heard vice yeah vice did do a documentary on it as well but there's nowhere near as many motors. There's just like last of a dying breed out there. Every now and then you might see like one or two of them out there. But apparently like in the 80s, they were just out there in force, like rolling like 40, 50 deep motorcycles all over the place. Um, you know, fighting each other, just getting fucking buck wild. But, but um, what ended up, what I've heard, what ended up happening, oh, some of these pictures are fucking crazy. Yeah, oh, jeez. Like, yeah, if you just kind of scroll through it, uh, you'll see. Basically, what I heard happened, men and women gangs, male and female gangs, actually, as well. Um, what I heard happened was basically that, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, after the 80s, um, Okay, I'm just, I'm just looking at all these weird-ass pictures. Okay, let me just stop looking at this shit and focus. Um, I guess, I don't know what time, what what exactly what year, but eventually, you know, the motorcycle gang problem got so big that the government cracked down on them, and not in a very Japanese way. Not in the way you would think where, okay, police go out and start busting heads, and, you know, because the police don't really do that. The police will roll up on you. I've seen it happen, like, when I saw one time, like, a really big motorcycle gang, uh, the only one time I seen it was like 40 of the motherfuckers just running through red lights, just revving their engines, going fucking crazy. I was like, whoa, this is, this is serious. And it's just like one small ass police car behind them, just like watching what goes on, you know. And I heard like the police only, you know, just record their information, take down their license plates, but they don't really actively try and stop them. You know, um, they're not going to try and like, you know run them off the road or, or actively aggressively like you know lock them up or shit like that again because police here are not so much the law enforcers they're more peacekeepers uh, and, and in other videos as well i've just seen people doing shit it's just like whoa really but um what ended up happening was i heard is the government created like noise ordinances so you know if you had a motorcycle that made a certain amount of noise or something like that I don't know if they either confiscated your bike or locked you up or gave you tickets or some shit like that. They did something where it just like, you know, really hindered their movement because like if you basically if you just went outside your house, one person with like a loud bike, you're getting pulled over by the police, you're getting like harassed or locked up or whatever, something. I don't fucking know. Um, so uh, that is uh, there's a documentary sayonara speed traps i don't i don't know i'm not gonna recommend any of this shit just because like i haven't watched it myself and i don't know what's in it but um you know if you look around you'll you'll you know just go down the rabbit hole if it has deep as you want i saw one documentary maybe it was in japanese a few years ago uh, i went down the rabbit hole one day and just you know saw some shit about it and yeah it was, it was interesting it's an interesting look at, at like the past of japan 
Um, and you know, some shit that I've heard has been kind of pretty fucking wild from that time. So that was like a subcult, a really big subculture in Japan. But again, it's really faded away and pretty much gone at this point. Um, what else is from from the eighties? Let me take a little drink. Mm. Yeah, you know, you have video games. You have super family computer or family com. Uh, oh, an interesting thing about Famicom, if you look, I don't know if I've told you this, but if you actually Google or search yourself, like the family computer, which is basically the Nintendo, um, I don't know what it is like in other countries, but the Japanese version of it is a lot smaller and a lot more compact than the Western version. And the fucking cartridges, man, like I was really surprised like when I was just in a lesson talking about it and one day I stumbled on a picture that showed the inside of the cartridge. Like, the American version, I'm pretty sure it's like that in other Western countries, is literally, like, the inside of it, only half of the fucking cartridge is used. So, looking at it now, they kind of tried to copy the design of a VCR to make it seem, to raise the value proposition of it, which they did effectively, but... um, yeah, in Japan, the cartridges are like half the size of what they are in the West. And just the whole, so there was just a whole bunch of unused, unnecessary ass space in Western uh, fucking units, you know, which loading the in, loading them in from the front, which is actually what made Nintendo fuck up, apparently, you know, so the <laughs> Japanese ones work totally fine, but they weren't as, I guess, cool looking as the American ones, right? Which is pretty typical uh, <laughs> of Western culture, in my opinion. Um, pretty much, the, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, Harajuku and everything. Ah, that's another one more thing, and I'll, I'll move into the 90s. So, during this time, there were a lot of youth culture movements. Um, fuck, I wish I could find a list of. Uh, I, I used it in lessons sometimes to talk about it with students. 80s, youth. Let me, man, give me a second. Uh, uh, 80s youth culture. Nah, I, I can't really find it. But there were a lot of different types of uh, youth, of course, you know, groups and people and shit like that. And Her- and Harajuku and Motosando apparently during that time were like the mecca for. Um, kid, teen culture, and, and, and pop culture—not pop culture, subcultures for teens and young people—and apparently, what happened was during that during that time, like Ginza. If you go to Ginza in Tokyo, which if you see my Instagram, like you know, I work there sometimes. I spend a lot of time there now. On Sundays, I'm not sure about Saturdays, but they basically block off the whole street in Ginza, so it's just pedestrians just walking in the street and just hanging out and shit, and cars can't go through there. Apparently that's what they used to do in Harajuku too. So it just became it what it was was like a huge mecca for like different types of like dance groups and and, and, and people just hanging out and shit like that and youth subculture and fashion and all these things. So but I, I think in the late nineties I wanna say, they cancelled that shit and just opened it up to traffic. And that was kinda I, yeah, I read an article recently, like the beginning of the end of Harajuku um culture. I'm gonna it was a pretty good article. Juku fashion over. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I think this is 
it what I was reading. Let me just click on it to make sure. Again, just something for you to read. Uh, yeah, this is the article I read. It was pretty interesting. Um, it's kind of long, but it gives a bit of background history of Harajuku style and even, you know, where the roots of the quote-unquote Harajuku culture. I remember when Gwen Stefani kind of pimped it out in, like, the early 2000s as well. I was kind of, like, shocked by that. But um, the name of the article is... Uh, Japan's wild, creative Harajuku street style is dead. Long live Uniqlo. Um, if that's too long for you to memorize, I just Googled uh, Harajuku fashion over, and it was the first article I came up with. So um, that was uh, actually a really good and informative read for me. It was really well written and kind of goes through the timeline of what happened um, to Harajuku and where it leaves you now, where it's the, the completely oversaturated, quote unquote, kawaii culture here. And, you know, it really shows it's a bastardized version of, of its roots, to be honest with you. So um, check that out again. That article can kind of do this topic a lot more justice than I can do, right? I, this episode, I guess I'm just giving some shit that I've come across um, and some real anecdotal stuff just because, again, I don't have the chops to really break it down the way it needs to be broken. I think in part one, when we were talking economics, I did a pretty much better job of it. But I guess I'm just leaving a trail of breadcrumbs for you, like stuff that I watched over the few past few years. And if you want to dig deeper into it, you got it on your own. All right, so let's go to the 90s. I think that's pretty much all I got for there. And my throat's starting to get sore. Um, mm. The 90s. The 90s, the 90s, the 90s. So 90s was, um, again, after the bursting of the bubble economy in Japan. And then we, we get into, like, the lost decade in Japan where the economy starts to stagnate. And... You know, um, this is the rise of Gyalu culture. If you don't know what Gyalu are, um, ah, I, I, there was this dope article in Metropolis that really broke down like all the different types of like fashion, fashion subcultures in Shibuya. I remember I read it like about oh, 10 plus years ago, but I kept it for like a good six months because it was so well written and really explained like Gyalu and Dakota and, you know, uh, Hime-san. I, I forgot the fucking names of it. Let me, let me, let me just try and quickly find this one. Metropolis uh, Shibuya Women's Fashion. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but it was really, really well done. Um, um, uh, no, I have seven hipster clothing styles. Yeah, no, I can't. Sorry, I can't find it. I'm not really going to waste that much time on it. But, but again, I, I came to Japan towards like the end of this, of the 90s kind of fashion trend if you will where there when i came here there were still like quite a few galu in shibuya and again i was in my 20s and i was like what the fuck are they doing what's up with their makeup um if you watch that show uh hajimete no galu which i talked about i think a few episodes back i'm still watching it secretly <laughs> you know I, I successfully completed my mission and i'm able to like watch it come on once a week um it's a pretty fucking pervy show but it's kind of funny and so, so yeah um it's like literally just 
ridiculously pervy but you know i don't mind that type of shit so whatever um um yeah so shibuya it seems like in the 90s shibuya really became like the main part where it's at again cell phones texting where japan i think the 90s was where cell phone culture in japan was really at the forefront of it you know everyone i was hearing like stories about all these futuristic ass uh, cell phones here that could text wow send like real email wow you know and all this shit back then it was just like super fantastic um what else what else what else what else was popping off back then uh, of course American pop culture really became like mainstream J- Japanese pop culture Michael Jordan athletes you know Charles Barkley I've seen like videos of them hanging out over here doing ridiculous shit for Japanese TV again the, the economy in Japan became like fully developed so like company, large companies and advertising agencies could actually pay to bring them over here and have you know those type of uh, athletes do like TV spots and shit like that um, and really, yeah, so basically, on the low, you know, a lot of athletes and um, actors were, were just sneaking over here, getting a fat check and, like, bouncing back to America. If you watch Lost in Translation, you might know, you might connect the dots and realize that's why uh, Bill Murray's character was in Tokyo doing that, sun- I, I forgot, maybe Suntory, I forgot the name of the whiskey, but, um filming a whiskey commercial where he was getting a bunch of money for that's what brought him to japan and that's kind of what uh, brings a lot of uh, western celebrities particularly american celebrities over here uh you know so that let me see what time it is oh shit we're at 40 minutes yeah um again my uh, my apologies if it was disappointing i tried to supplement my lack of you know in-depth breakdown with some resources or or we got a couple of movies a couple of articles that you can read to kind of walk you through pop culture timelines and stuff like that uh i honestly i i couldn't really find as much stuff as i wanted to this time um it just i thought i would be able to jump off to a lot of different topics but it really didn't. Oh, 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 I got one more thing um, that might be interesting. If you're not in my age group you don't, and you're not into hip hop, you probably won't remember this movie called The Show, right? But there was this movie I remember. Oh, I can talk about this. Um, there was this movie, this docu- hip hop documentary called The Show. And I remember I went to go see it in the movie theaters and it was like had all the big um, hip hop stars uh, of the time. It's a really great uh, documentary. You might want to watch it if you're really into hip hop. I want to know about 90s golden era hip hop. Uh, again, it's called The Show. It can't if you just type in The Show movie. I'm sure it'll come up. Um, boom. Uh, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? No, that's not it at all. There's another thing called the show which kind of sucks, apparently. Uh, if you type in the show movie hip hop, there it is, 1995. Yeah, I was like 13 years old and I went, my sister went to uh, let me uh, see it. So she took me to see it. It's called, uh, again, the sh- I just Googled the show movie hip hop. The full documentary, it looks like the full documentary is, I've seen it on YouTube before, so the full documentary is on YouTube. It's worth a watch if you're into hip-hop, like, it's, um, you know, just a lot of performances. I remember going to see, yeah, 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 
you know, there it is. The whole the whole joint is on YouTube. I've I've seen it once or twice. There, it, it was really good and it had a big impact on me as a kid. And one scene that had a big impact on me, if even if you're not into the whole thing, if you on YouTube, let me see. I'm sure it's on that the show. Ooh, Tang Clan. Maybe that one. Bring yeah. Um, if you just only on YouTube, the show Wu-Tang Clan, and if you're not familiar with the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, come on, I'll kill yourself, really. Um, but the first, there's like an 11, 12 minute segment of Wu-Tang Clan actually coming to Japan um, in Tokyo. <laughs> I love I love this, right? And he's just like Ghostface Killer just in there getting a massage like yo right here and he's just eating steaks and like performing in Shibuya and walking around and talking about the culture and, and I remember and you know just watch them performing in um in Japan. And but But yeah, you can kinda of see what nineties Tokyo was like there too. And I remember I remember, maybe this was like the first thing that planted the seed of, of me wanting to come to Japan here because I remember being in the movie theater and watching the Wu-Tang Clan like in Tokyo, riding around on like a bullet train and shit and being like, oh, that's the dopest shit ever. Like they in Tokyo, damn. And now it's crazy. Like I'm doing the exact same thing. Like, you know, it's, it's fucking weird. I'm probably going to actually um, watch this after i get off here just for nostalgic just i'm um, not the whole thing because fuck i gotta go to bed but um this is a little segment um but i would encourage you whether you're into hip-hop or not um just to get a, a feeling for you know what like there i think they were in shibuya area probably around that it looks like they were um some of the stuff is filmed but you know yeah yeah. Okay. So let me get off. Let me get off of here. You got that shit. You know, go back, listen to some of the stuff that I recommended, and check it out. And I think it. You know, it'll be interesting and give you a better idea what, how, how, what life was like during that time. So, all right, man. Let me get off of here. I got a long day ahead of me tomorrow, and hopefully, I got a good night of rest ahead of me. So, thanks for listening. As always. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, hit me up with any other questions, any other comments about this episode. If it was garbage, <laughs> you know, say something. All right, but for now, excuse me, I'm out of here. Much love, y'all. Take it easy. Until next time. Peace.